0: to many around the globe transforming lives into legacies live in word with Pastor Mensa Otterbill Pursue Overtake Recover Greater Works 2014 Mensa Otterbill Judo Bismarck Matthew Shimolo and Mike Okunko 20th July to 1st August greater works 2014 Order restored. And now, today's word. I trust that you are pursuing, and I trust you are overtaking, and I trust you are recovering. Amen? I'm preaching on a message today that I have titled, exhausted but still in pursuit exhausted but still in pursuit as we strive to pursue to overtake to recover there will be moments of exhaustion of tiredness but we are not of those who quit because it is getting tough we are of those who continue pursuing even though we feel exhausted. There's a very inspiring story that emerged from the 1968 Olympic Games which was held in Mexico City. And it's the story of a man, a marathon runner from Tanzania whose name is Stephen Aquari. Stephen Akwari was a marathoner who represented his country of Tanzania in the Olympic Games. And uh, during the run of the marathon, somewhere in the journey around the 19th kilometer point, and the marathon is about 42 kilometers, and about 19 kilometers, there was a struggle among some of the runners for space. And in the struggle... Uh, Stephen Aquari was pushed and he fell. He hurt his knee and dislocated the joint at his knee and also dislocated his shoulder and the rest of the runners ran ahead of him. So, at the stadium where the uh, most of the people were, the those who had run the race had come and uh, the winner of the marathon had made it in about two hours and 20 minutes so they had done uh, the rest of the events medals had been distributed and just getting to the end of the medal final medal distribution uh, there was a cheer that arose from the crowd because they said that one marathoner was still coming, and uh, he was coming, and he was late because uh, the winner had made two hours twenty minutes. this guy was coming at two hour, uh, three hours twenty five minutes, so he was about one hour five minutes late that 's a long time to be late, uh, but he still coming through. He had bandages on him. He was limping, but he was running, and as normally happens, a cheer arose in the stands in the, at the Olympic Stadium, and, uh, and so some uh, television crew went out to cover him, and he crossed the line, and people really were very excited that he didn't quit, and so after uh, he had crossed the line, the TV crew asked Stephen Aquari. Uh, why he kept running when nobody was running. Everybody had passed him. He was way behind. There was no competition. Everybody had crossed the line. Why did he still run? And he said, my country did not send me 5,000 miles to come and start. They sent me 5,000 miles to come and finish the marathon. And I'm here to tell somebody, you didn't come here just to start, you came here to finish. Somebody say, I'm a finisher. Or say to another person, say, I'm a finisher. And tell somebody by you, tell them you're going to finish your race. Amen. Amen. And today we're going to look at the story of a man in the Bible who also continued running although he was very tired. His name is Gideon. And the part of his story that we're going to read is in the book of Judges, and chapter number 8, verses 4 to 6. Judges chapter 8, verse 4 to 6. Now, whilst you're turning to The passage, just to give you a little bit about Gideon. Gideon arose at a time when the Israelites had become subservient to the Midianites. And the Midianites were harassing the Israelites. They would camp their armies in the land of the Israelites, take their agricultural products from them, their goods, their food, their wheat, their barley, Uh, divine from them and they will come with horses and intimidate Israel and at this time everybody was afraid Gideon himself was afraid and God raised him to be a deliverer and when God raised Gideon Gideon didn't have confidence in himself Uh, he felt that he was insignificant but God still uh, believed in him so Gideon was called, he was affirmed by God. He built an army. Uh, he started with a very large army with about 32,000 people. And God helped him to reduce the number of his army to 300, from 32,000 to 300. Meanwhile, his enemies, uh, the Midianites, had about 120,000 Uh, 132,000 in their army. But Gideon was going to fight them with 300. Well, God started giving Gideon the victory. But it takes a lot to use 300 people to defeat 130,000 people. It was a very difficult process for him. And uh, although he started seeing victory, it took him a long time to see the end of the victory and the passage that we are uh, about to read talks about part of the process that Gideon had to go through when he was looking for victory and so Gideon judges chapter 8 verse 4 to 6 it says when Gideon came to the Jordan he and the 300 men who were with him crossed over exhausted but still in pursuit. You can underline that. Exhausted, but still in pursuit. That is our sermon title today. Exhausted, but still in pursuit. Then he said to the men of Sukkoth, please give loaves of bread to the people who follow me, for they are exhausted. And I'm pursuing Ziba and Zalmuna kings of Midian and the leaders of Succoth said are the hands of Zeba and Zalmona now in your hand that we should give bread to your army amen exhausted but still in pursuit he goes to the people of Succoth and says help me I'm going to get victory for all of us And they said, well, you haven't won it yet. And if you haven't won it yet, we're not going to help you. The reality of life is that the time you need help most is the time when help doesn't come. Have you noticed that? When you need help most, that's when people refuse you help. When you don't need help, help is available. When you need it, it's not there. When you need money most is when everybody's broke. When people have money, you don't need it. When you need it, they don't have it. And that was Gideon's situation. He had started working towards what God told him to do. He had seen victory. He had conquered a bit, but there's a lot more to be done. And the kings of the Midianites are on the run, Ziba and Zalmunna. And you cannot win a victory when the king has not been conquered. So he starts running after the two kings of the Midianites, and he's running with 300 men. It's obvious that there is no food, because the background of the story is that for years... The Midianites have made sure that Israel has no food. So there's no food. Running on an empty stomach. And he keeps running and running and running. The Bible says he's exhausted. He's tired. He's weary. But he's still pursuing. I see you pursuing also. (laughs) Many times in life, we find ourselves where Gideon is exhausted But the battle is still not over. And you still have to keep running. So let's look at the causes of exhaustion. What will make a person feel exhausted? Tired? Washed out? Weary? What will make people feel exhausted? And I normally... When you start a year, you start very excited and that by June, you are exhausted, especially when the economy is going the way it's going and playing the tricks it is playing on all of us. Exhausted, but still pursuing. So what causes exhaustion? Four things. Number one is warfare. 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 You feel exhausted when you continue fighting battles over battles over battles. That's when the fight never gets over. It seems as if your whole life is a battle. When you think you've won one, another one pops up. Just when you are celebrating a victory, a new battle comes up. And many times in our lives, we go through that. Your whole life seems to be a battlefield. You you fight one, another one pops up. You fight one in your finance, one pops up in your marriage. You fight the one in your marriage, another one pops up in your pocket. You fight the one in your pocket, another one pops up in your health. You fight the one in your health, another one pops up somewhere else. A cousin, a nephew. And it looks as if you never have rest. People get exhausted because... Of warfare, of battles and battles and battles and battles. The second reason why people get exhausted is because of wounds, pains, and hurts will exhaust you. You start pursuing your dream like Gideon, and you keep fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. You get exhausted. But not only that, you get wounded. You're going to get hurt. One certainty of life is that sooner or later you will be hurt. Sooner or later. If you've not been hurt, wait. Just be patient. It will come. It will surely come to pass. It is for an appointed time. The hurt will come. And so when you get hurt, people hurt you. And it's not I'm not talking about physical hurt, I'm talking about emotional hurt. When people really hurt you, say things, you hear things, people do things, and it really hurts you deeply. And many of us are carrying a lot of wounds in our lives. Pain from previous battles. Pain and wounds from current battles. Some even have Wounds from future battles. They've they've already anticipated the wound. There are going to be wounds. You will be hurt. You will have pain. You will be disappointed. You will be betrayed. Somebody is going to shock you and do something that will really hurt you. It's part of life. Get used to it. That's life. If you're not being hurt, you're not alive. There will be warfare, there will be wounds, and they make us feel tired and exhausted. The third reason why people get exhausted is because of wandering. Wandering. Just going and moving and many times not knowing where you are going. A loss of direction. When you keep moving and moving and moving, but you can't just seem to come to any conclusions. You just walk and walk and walk and walk, but you don't get to a destination. That is wandering. You're moving, but you're not arriving. You're working hard, but you're not achieving much. Wandering. Moving without a sense of direction. And the fourth reason why people feel exhausted is because of waiting when the expectation is delayed. Waiting is very, very hard, especially when you have had a foretaste of victory, but you can't seem to complete the victory. And that was Gideon's situation. He started in the camp of the Midianites, routed the armies of the Midianites, began to have victory over victory over victory. But the battle is not ended. So he keeps fighting and fighting and fighting. And he can't seem to lay hold on the two kings of the Midianites. He's waiting for the day when he can say, I have won. And that day keeps getting postponed day after day. And when you go through that waiting period, you will feel exhausted. You feel exhausted. Exhaustion. Is part of our human experience. But we learn from Gideon that when you feel exhausted, you don't stop running, you keep pursuing. We learn from Stephen Aquari that when you're exhausted, you still keep running. And if any one of you by chance feels exhausted, I am here just to tell you the word of the Lord keep pursuing. You're going to continue running. You're going to continue moving on. And you're going to still pursue. Because somewhere out there are Zeba and Zalmunna. And you're going to get them. Gideon was sure of God's victory. But it took a long time for the victory to become a reality. The apostle Paul wrote to the church in Galatia. When the church was going through A time of weakening. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 7 to 9. This is what Paul said to the church in Galatia. He says, you run well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion does not come from him who calls you a little living Leavens the whole lump You run well Who hindered you From obeying the truth This persuasion Does not come from him who calls you A little leaven Leavens the whole lump The book of Galatians Was written to the church in Galatia Church in Galatia was founded Or planted by Paul And he spent years there Teaching them the word of God how to walk by faith and live in the grace of Christ. After Paul had left, other people came in and and started to confuse the church with new doctrines. So Paul had to write back to the church in Galatia to help them to come back. And so uh, if you are familiar with the book of Galatia, it's all, Galatians, it's all about correction. In chapter three, we have that famous, oh foolish Galatians, who bewitched you. So now here in chapter 5, he says, you started well. You run well. You started. You you had a good beginning. What happened? Sometimes you see people who start well and get tired. Some start well with their marriage. And they get tired. Tired. I'm tired of them. And maybe a couple of years later, they were standing on this platform wearing white, white lace and suit, exchanging rings. And when we told them, you may kiss your bride, they took us all in suspense. The man wipes his hands pauses sugars himself and slowly takes the veil from the wife and embraces the wife and they exchange rings and the people are shouting and they're smiling and they're the number one couple in the world and now later i'm tired you started well what happened Maybe too much warfare. Too many wounds. Too much wandering. Things are not happening. Too much waiting. So you're just exhausted. It happens with business. People start their business, they register the business. Hey, I'm going to make money. I'm going to make money. Then three years later, he has a how about a business? That business at all. I don't even know where it's going. You run well. What happened? What happened? So that's what Paul is asking the Galatians. You started well. What happened? So in the passage, we see why we don't win. And there are three reasons why we don't win in our battles that Paul brings to our attention in the book of Galatians. The first reason is hindrances. He says, you run well, who hindered you? Hindered you. Hindrances are obstructions in our way. It can either be a situation or a person. In every endeavor of life, there are hindrances. Opposition. It's not only in government. It's everywhere. There will be opposition, a hindrance. You're moving forward, something's going to try to move you back. You want to be successful, something's going to try to make you fail. You want to be the head, something's going to try to make you the tail. It's called a hindrance. There will be hindrances, there will be obstructions, there will be obstacles in the way. The second reason that Paul gives them is Persuasions, persuasions. He says this persuasion does not come from the one who called you. A persuasion is an excuse, a convincing excuse that distracts you. We get persuaded when we are convinced about something. A persuasion can be an excuse you give yourself or people give you. People tell you it's okay, everybody does it. So, if you're struggling in your marriage, somebody's going to persuade you and say, it's okay. After all, if you fear a bad marriage, you won't get a good marriage. It's called a persuasion. And somebody's going to say, oh, but even the pastors have divorced. It's a persuasion. You are running your race and somebody's going to Try to give you a convincing reason why You must not keep running Not just a hindrance But a persuasion After all you are not the first What will happen? Will they kill you? After all What would what the church do? Can they sack you? If they sack you can go to another church It's called a persuasion So the reason why people are Pursuing something They get exhausted, and instead of continuing running, they give up. It's because there are hindrances, and then there are persuasions. So you ask yourself, who is trying to persuade me? What kind of persuasion am I listening to? Who is whispering into my ear and making it look easy? Who is trying to convince me to give up? Persuasion. Persuasion. The third reason that Paul gives, he says to them, a little living, living the whole lump. It's what I call the living. The living is negative influences in our lives. Living is like yeast. When you add yeast to dough, it raises the whole dough. Put a little yeast in dough, It's going to influence the whole dough. And when I was preparing for this message, when I came to that, I said, okay, how does the living work? So I just started reading up on how living works. Living does not increase the dough, it doesn't. It doesn't make it bigger, it just creates holes in the dough. It's a bacteria. And it creates holes and it gives it a sense like it has risen. Have you seen bread that looks, sometimes it looks very risen? <laughs> and in Ghana, sometimes the bread really rises. And, and you buy the bread and you say, Oh, what a big bread! What a big bread! Eh? It, it's it's leavened, it's risen, it's big. And you cut it. And it's all holes, 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 holes. Paul is saying the reason why they are not running well and are winning is because something has come into their lives to create holes. To influence them. To puff them up with things which have no substance. Wrong influences. Wrong leaven. And he says a little leaven... It's going to live in the whole lump. Sometimes it takes one little bad influence. Bad boy. Bad girl. Bad boys grow and bad girls grow. I will never forget I was at a funeral some years ago. And there were people dancing. And I saw a woman probably in her 70s or 80s dancing. I mean, I said... 70, 80, we expect that by now the dancing will be more mature. But this dancing was very vibrant. And she was really wiggling stuff. So I looked at that woman and she's wiggling and she's enticing with her dance. And I said in my head, this is a bad girl who hasn't changed. A bad girl who hasn't changed. <laughs> So people people become bad for life sometimes. <laughs> bad boys, bad girls. A little leaven, a bad friend can puff you up and leaven the whole lump. Pursue Overtake Recover Greater Works 2014 Mensa Waterbill. Tito Bismarck, Matthew Shimolo, and Mike Okunko 20th July to 1st August Greater Works 2014 Order restored Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensa Oterbill, like his page on Facebook follow him on twitter at mensa autobiel email autobiel at centralgospel.com or call plus 233 302 688 000